Hello, and welcome to Humanities Centered, a podcast that explores research in the arts and humanities at Carleton College. I'm Clara Hardy, the director of Carleton's Humanities Center. In this episode, we're continuing our series on projects that emerged from a Mellon Foundation grant called Public Works, Arts and Humanities Connecting Communities. Today, I'm chatting with Ross Elfline, professor of art and art history, about his work with artist and organizer Sam Gould in Minneapolis's Powderhorn neighborhood. Ross Elfline, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here, Clara. (laughs) Um, I'd like to start um, with just a little bit of general information about um, what you do at Carleton, your your teaching and research, and how the Public Works Grant fit into that larger context. Yeah, so I can come at this from a few. So first of all, what I teach is modern and contemporary art history uh, here at Carleton. More specifically, I work on a variety of radical practices that date from the 1960s to right now, right? Um, So one thing, so like one into your question is to talk about like one of the dominant mediums or genres of art today, since I work on art that goes right up to the present moment, right? So one of the big, Uh, genres of the present moment is what we call social practice art. And so social practice art is kind of a a version of performance art, but it's performance art that is um, also participatory. So it's a participatory art practice that rather than the artwork being in effect this kind of like this locus of energy where we as viewers come in from the outside and the work of art has all of the power and we are there to sort of decipher it, right? But social practice art starts from a very different perspective, which is to say that it's not about individual viewers deciphering something, but it's uh, communities of viewers who come together around a kind of catalyst, some sort of like artistic catalyst, right? That then is sort of like the formation of community. That community is sort of like, like, how should we put this? Like, it's a new role for the artwork, that the artwork itself can be doing something, that the artwork itself can be based in community or be the catalyst for a community that wasn't there to begin with, right? And so um, uh, so it's one thing for me as a contemporary art historian to kind of like theorize about this and I do write about it. Uh, so I, I like a, an essay that came out uh, about a year ago um, on a group of Viennese architects from the 1960s and 70s called House Rooker. Uh, so they engaged in what we would call social practice art today, but they were doing it in, in the late 60s and early 70s. And so a lot of my work is really looking at the kind of historical roots that sort of like gave birth to this, this genre of art called social practice art, right? So it's one thing for me to be teaching this or sort of like writing about it in a kind of abstract sense or in a historical sense, but it is also something else to then sort of like try to attempt to do it, right? So I should say that, so a few things happened here uh, at the same time. And so a lot of these happened right after getting tenure. And I was doing a little bit of, I don't want to say soul searching, but there is a moment where one wonders sort of like, what is the direction that one's career will be taking, right? Um, And uh, I was already very good friends with a social practice artist in the Twin Cities named Sam Gould, um, who has operated under a number of different monikers over the years between Red 76 and, um, you know, several different monikers, right? Um, And, uh, but through a kind of friendship that I had with him, uh, at the end of my sabbatical, I said, Sam, we should go out to lunch sometime. And so I uh, we, we had lunch and, and he said, he's like, so what do you, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, what do you, you know, like, what, what do you want to do either with like the rest of your time at Carlton? Like what, like, why are you talking to me? Basically <laughs> is what he was saying. Right. 
And so I said, like, oh, well, I could imagine a situation in which sort of like my students at Carleton, like I want to teach this class on art and democracy. Wouldn't it be great for them to sort of like practice a form of de like democratic art making, which is really the very basis of social practice art, sort of like really getting us to think sort of like critically about like what is a public? What does it mean to sort of like engage a public? What does it mean to make work for a public, right? That is then sort of like engaging a variety of different and disparate counter publics, perhaps, right? Um, and uh, and he said, oh, well, that's great. I'm sure we could come up with something. But he was just like, no, what do you want to do, right? And I said, you know, like, well, and this is a really, uh, this is a, what I'm about to say is an overblown statement. But what I, what I, <laughs> what like I said was, I'm just like, what I really would like to do would be to sort of like, found an alternate school in a way, right? Ah. But like, I was really interested in other modes of education, other modes of pedagogy um, that were really around notions of co-education. And so what I mean by that is that we can bring in, say, Carleton students with folks from his community in South Minneapolis, right? But it's this idea where like the mode of, the mode of education, the mode of pedagogy there is not based on a notion where Carlton students can kind of like either come in in a kind of anthropological way and just kind of like observe a community, right? And it isn't based on a certain notion also of charity, right? Where students can come in and sort of like provide something or solve a problem. But I was really interested in a model of co-education, which really takes seriously a certain notion that there are different knowledges, like different knowledges can come together and in such a way kind of like um, negotiate um, I don't know, ne negotiate a problem in a certain way, right? Um, and so like that, so I was really interested in this and I still am very much interested in this notion of a kind of like an alternate form of co-education, right? And so, and he said, that's amazing. That's what I want to do. He's like, I want to, I've wanted to create my own school for a long time, right? And so, um, so uh, that's kind of like how I came at this was like, so a couple of things, thinking about how it is that the kind of, um, teaching and scholarship that I do around post-war art practice means that I really had to kind of, um, I do have to kind of like understand this movement. I do have to understand this genre of art. I was thinking about what does it mean to not just write about it and think about it, but practice it, right? Um, that that also came at a certain moment, sort of like professionally, where I was thinking about sort of like my own values and what I should be doing with the X number of years that I have uh, left at, at Carleton, right? Um, but then also uh, a certain kind of, and this was pre-George Floyd, but this was also a certain kind of political moment in looking at the neighborhood that I, I live in the Twin Cities, right? But in thinking about how it is that certain neighborhoods contend with any number of really um, uh, important pressing uh, issues around um, around um, collective movements of belonging mm. in diverse communities. Mm -hmm. So that's that's an initial start yeah. to how I might come at this. Yeah, yeah, so interesting. And um, the, the core way in which people's values tend to shape and play mm -hmm. into the work that they do in, in this kind of arena it is really, really interesting to me. So, um, so then within that broad framework mm -hmm. and your um, 
your entry point and uh, and Sam's together, then what was the specific project yeah, that you so did? There, there have been a few that I've done with Sam uh, through Public Works and also that I probably would have done on my own anyway. But uh -huh. like Public Works was I was really grateful to have a little bit of support for this from from the college. Right. So uh, so this is when Sam uh, was, again, on operating under a different aegis. The aegis here was of an uh, of organization called Assemble for him. Uh, so through Assemble, what he, uh, basically what he had was a, um, an office space, a building, a building that was um, about a block away from the Midtown Global Market in the Twin Cities, so roughly around Lake and Chicago, right? Um, and what Sam was doing at that moment is like as an artistic practice, he was interested in engaging um, the community that was sort of like as far as he could like walk, right? He was just really interested in sort of, you know, like just his immediate surroundings. And he, so this is to say that like over years, he had developed like all of these working relationships with his neighbors. And again, that is an exceptionally diverse neighborhood, right? I mean, if you walk down the street, you could see like, any number of social organizations that are devoted to the Latinx community, to the queer community of um, of Minneapolis, with the Quatrefoil book, uh, the the library there. So he had he had sort of like so, just through his practice of engaging with his neighbors, right? He had assembled all of these different um, voices that were kind of like always coming in 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 and out of this building of his. It really became a kind of community meeting place, but What's interesting about Assemble, right, was that it wasn't sort of like devoted to, say, like one um, ethnic group. It wasn't devoted to sort of like one political group. It was really just kind of like a space that was kind of like this permeable boundary where people were always coming and going. But these were people who were themselves engaged with the community, right? Uh, and so through Assemble, and through this was for my um, my seminar on art and democracy. What we had done was we, we, we did a series of workshops up with Sam at, at Assemble, right? Where we, re and we would invite in community partners for each one of these uh, meetings. We would really talk about this idea of like, um, what are the, what are the, how should I put it? Like, what are the, say the political goals that this one group or this one constituency within the neighborhood would have, right? And then we would talk about sort of like, well, what, like how can art further the goals of that larger organization, right? And sometimes that was just through, uh, how should we put it, like um, public service campaigns or just kind of like, um, or uh, how should we put it, like public education, right? But more often than not, what it really centered on were certain notions of um, that it was uh, what, what so many of these sort of like political organizers were interested in was a way of bringing communities together or bringing a, a community together that involved people from different social perspectives, right? So that they could engage in difference. And so for me, that was what was essential, right? Is that for each one of these sort of like micro communities or sort of like, um, or um, uh, counter publics or subcultures, right? They were all interested in ways that their goals might connect with others, right? And so what, uh, what this meant was that we, so what so we would do these uh, these workshops with Sam. We would hear what it is that these different groups kind of like wanted, right? And then uh, then we would sort of like huddle as a group, and we would then sort of like do this historical component where I, as an art historian, could talk about like what are different models of artistic action from say the '60s to now that serve as sort of like prototypes for this, right? 
And so what we ended up producing at the end of it was basically a series of broadsides, right? That we would, that we wheat pasted around the neighborhood. We gave them away as flyers, but, but these were then authored by each one, each one of the broadsides was authored by one of the five students, right? So there were 15 of these, right? And so we made these broadsides and then we just like dropped them off. It's sort of like community places, community organizations. We uh, plastered them up all around the neighborhood. But what we wanted to do is basically say that what all of you are asking for, you know, like what so many people in this neighborhood are craving are ways to just engage publics. And so here are some opportunities. Here are some models. Like, have you thought about this Fluxus ah. performance from the 60s that would be a way to sort of like engage communities like or how about the sort of like um, uh, act up uh, from the 1980s as an example of how to combat misinformation around the AIDS crisis, right? So what are the ways to either sort of like do uh, community education or public education around an issue? What are ways to sort of like catalyze communities, right? And we sort of like put them out there as kind of like invitations, right? As if to say that the community has talked about a kind of desire for just ways of sort of like engaging difference, engaging each other. And we put them out there as sort of like, these are options, right? Uh -huh. Um, but options that also weren't kind of like, this wasn't sort of like preachy, this wasn't right. didactic, this wasn't us going into a neighborhood and saying, this is how you're yeah, going to right. solve your problem. Right. Here are some invitations for how to do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that was, that was for me, that was one, I think, particularly successful example. Yeah. That's, that's so interesting. And then did you um, have the chance to follow up on any of that? Yeah. Did you find out about any... So. So it's not so much so yeah so how should I put it like the what's important for me is also that uh, because of the nature of sort of like putting these out there as sort of like suggestions or proposals or invitations right um, it also wasn't going to be the case where I was going to necessarily say sort of like okay so here's the data yeah how and that what worked, did you do right right you know and so like there were invitations right and like yeah people can yeah, say yeah, no yeah. to an invitation and right. you also like you're putting them out there in public and you don't know how they're going to be picked up in yeah. a certain way right yeah but what was important about that 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 um, that engagement that was also that that was the beginning of a of a relationship of a more sustained relationship with Sam. It was then a more sustained or the beginning of a more sustained relationship with some of these other community partners that were in the neighborhood. Right. And so the way I look at it is sort of like, um, so how should we, like one of the things that's really important for me in doing this kind of work is to continually rethink and reevaluate what I mean by success. Yes. Right. So success for me does not always mean that we're going to be able to sort of like have a series of data points that say like, okay, like, and because right. I, through the resources that I was able to garner through Carl Carleton College, like that I can now see that here are X number of community partners who now have engaged in doing art that didn't do it before, right? Because I also, so for a few reasons, one is that like, I do really consider that a lot of this work is something that is like, it's a time released, whatever. Yes. Something, right? And so you totally. don't you don't know yeah. what the outcome is going to be or, that when, it will, it will or when it will happen. Yeah, right? right. So that's 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 one thing that I would say, right? Um, but the other thing too is that I think that success oftentimes can be simply just exposing um, other communities to possibilities, to uh -huh. sort of like other ways of thinking about uh -huh. art that aren't necessarily just painting a mural on the side of a grade school, which is great, right? But at the same time, but there are other options. There right. are other ways of doing and acting and being in the world that do involve yeah. creativity, but may not be 
the obvious thing that that yeah. one might think about, right? Yeah. And so, so, um, so, so that was so. So through that project, I should say that like one thing that's important, and this is very much where I am right now. So I should say that that I can't remember what the date of that that one project was. I think it was in twenty eighteen. Let's say twenty eighteen, right? Um, what happened in the interim was George Floyd's murder, and this is a neighborhood that then experienced like great catastrophe, right? You know, and so particularly in the um, the uprising that uh, that emerged immediately after uh, Floyd's Floyd's murder, right? And so what I should say is that like um, and, and COVID happened as well, yeah. and so this the point is that like so much of this community engagement either just got put on hold because of the pandemic. Or it was one of those things where very quickly we were like, oh, okay, like this is like there are a series of very urgent demands in this neighborhood, yeah. which we couldn't have predicted. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. absolutely. No, I was actually thinking about COVID when you were describing Assemble and the way yeah. it functioned as a community space and your heart kind of breaks a little bit. It does. Thinking yeah. about yeah um how that was cut off for such a long time yeah and uh so one thing that sam and i've done since is that he does have um like a mobile publishing unit and so for those of you who know the twin cities so like right next to moon palace books uh which was kind of like right at the center of the uprising um uh, so uh and but it is such a key place within the community that it was very clear during the protests, right, that the protesters were like, because it was just a few doors down from the police station, right? The police station got torched, but every, there was a sort of like tacit agreement that Moon Palace books would be saved, right? And it was, right? And so there's an empty lot next to it. And so in the empty lot, there is a mobile publishing unit that is Sam's publishing unit. And so that's where he and I since then have actually then done a number of publications that have come out from this. Um, and so one was the sort of like the second public works grant that I got. I worked with a group of students from my art since 1945 class, sort of revisited some of the uh, work that we were doing with art and democracy. Um, but then the sort of like the flyers that we produced sort of like a they were distributed in the community, but this was an entirely remote class. So yeah. we couldn't actually do work in in the on the ground in the cities. Right. Um, but then the other thing that we did was that and I, I thought this was really quite cute was that like the So like one Friday's um, Friday flowers, all the flowers were wrapped up in the broadsides that uh -huh. we had made there. So at least the Carlton community could also be exposed to other ways of doing sort of like democratic art or kind of, um, yeah, or publicly engaged art in, right. in a way. So, right. So, and that, so all of that was published out of the publishing unit there. And, um, and then more recently, Sam and I have um, started a publication that's called Polis. And that is the sort of like the, the, that the publishing of that will happen in the, the mobile publishing unit as well. Cool. So that'll be like a, a periodical, like a yeah. ongoing thing. Yeah. So so Polis is going to it's so it's it's an ongoing periodical, an ongoing I don't know if, like a uh, um an occasional journal, uh -huh. right? You know, uh -huh. and so uh, and it's taking the form of a series of interviews, and so it's interviews with either historical figures that have done community engaged art or sort of like other public intellectuals that think around notions of the public today. So for the first issue, for instance. Uh, there are interviews with a couple of people. One of them um, is Emery Douglas, who was the um, uh, the graphic artist for the Black Panthers. Um, so it's like talking about how he had used issues of, say, collage and printmaking to further many of the, the social goals of the Black Panther movement. 
but then also right next to it is an interview with Larry Krasner, who is the district attorney for the city of Philadelphia. Uh, and so who has himself taken it upon himself to sort of like reform how it is that sort of like what does public justice look like for the city of Philadelphia? Yeah. Um, and so uh, and also to talk about like what role did sort of like the arts play in his campaign and so forth. And so so those are two very different things. If you can get the Black Panthers, you know, on page one and then on page 50, you're getting a D.A. from <laughs> Philadelphia. Um, so yeah, so that's what that's what polis is. So it's yeah. really about different models of what it means to engage and to engage publics. Yeah, right. That's yes, yeah, so interesting. Um, I was going to ask you about going forward, but you've already kind of answered that question. So I <laughs> let me circle back and um, ask you a little bit more specifically about the student experience yeah. for the Carlton students in that class. Um, what yeah. what you were hoping that they got from oh, it or what you totally. felt they, they took from that? Yeah, there's what I thought they were going to get from it, which is not what they got from it, right? <laughs> I mean, so, and this is what I'm learning more and more as I do community-engaged pedagogy specifically, right? The, how it intersects with my teaching at Carlton, right? And so I went into it thinking, like, this is going to be great. Like, and I have students who will get to interact with people outside of the Carlton bubble. This is going to be a huge catalyst for, like, massive change that they're going to, like, see how the world is structured outside of, like, our liberal arts bubble, right? And no, I mean, like, that's too much to ask for in 10 weeks, but it's certainly too much to ask for when we're doing, basically, we did five workshops in the Twin Cities, yeah. right? And so, like, that's that's a lot. That's asking for a lot of change out of sort of, like, a fairly limited amount of time, right. I would say, right? Um, but the other thing, too, is that when you're, what I've, what I've learned, too, is that, like, the, there is a kind of, like, there's a long duration when you're doing community-engaged work, where, like, it takes a long time for also our community partners to have faith in us as yes. an institution, yeah. right? And so... So I think that there's a long period of sort of like negotiation, of feeling out and so forth, right? So when we have these 10-week terms, like that's just going to be protracted or that's going to be like that That engagement is going to be probably not what I envisioned when I started the project, right? And so I what I've determined is a few things. So like A, the slowness of it is important and that's one thing that the students can take away from this. Yeah. One thing that they can take away from this is that if one is going to do sustained work with communities, right, that um, that it's a little bit, I don't want to say silly, but it's just really hard to do it in 10 weeks anyway. And right. so like, if the, so how should I put it? Like there are moments of kind of like messiness. Everything takes longer than I expect it to because I have a, my 10 week classes on campus are like well-oiled machines where like, you know, and this is where like, this cannot be a well-oiled machine, yeah. right? It's just like yeah. you are, there, there are so many variables you can't plan on, right? And so I think that, A, that's also really important for our students to see. Like yeah. it's important for them to see messiness. It's right. important for them to see like that there is also sometimes a little bit of friction between sort of like us and our community partners, that there is suspicion, that there is, all of that is actually really important for our students to see in a certain way, right? And so how should I put it? I would say that these are, in the in the teaching, that these are kind of like modest forays into doing community-engaged work, mm -hmm. right? Um, and I think that within the kind of modesty of these things, right, um, I've realized that, like, you know, um, that we're not going to solve, you know, 
how should we put right. it? Like a, a series of very tense uh, situations or, right. or ideas within well, within the ten weeks. But and know. as you said, you the the model of community based or public works or public humanities mm. is not going to be here. We are to solve your problem, right? You right. you don't yeah. want to do that. So, but then yeah. in the absence of that, you you still want the understanding of what exactly. this ongoing relationship can mean. Exactly. So I think that means framing it now. I've learned better how to frame this better for students, right? Which is to say that like, okay, you students, you're walking into like at like 10 weeks of what is a much broader arc right. of a relationship of both between like me and Sam and these community partners in South Minneapolis, but also like Carleton as an institution and the kind of relationships that we are continuing to foster and develop, you know, as as we as we go forward and do more of this community engaged scholarship and teaching, right? Um, but uh, but yeah, for students to realize that they are that they're one they're one subsection they're one arc on that right. that circle yeah. right, is 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 important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, that's that's wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, was there anything that I didn't ask you? There's one thing that I'll just mention. And so like, I didn't sort of like quite get to this when you're asking sort of like, how does this fit in? How did I come at this? Right. But there's one thing that I've been said, so like, like, so I will say like, this is a, a, a thing that I'm hammering home. And since I have the chance to hammer it here, I'll hammer. Um, <laughs> but that's also that like the project that I'm doing with Sam, again, it's an ongoing project, ongoing relationship. One thing that's really important for me too, is that like, I don't see this project as something which is sort of like a very clear distinction between what is for us in the profession, the three-legged stool of scholarship, teaching, and service. Because I see this project actually as something which one could make a really good case for it being any one or all, all three. three of those, right? Yeah. And so what I think about it is that like, and this is just something when it comes to say, sort of like, I mean, I already have tenure, but when it comes to promotion or whatever, like. I would say that what's important for me is that I'm not doing this in order to sort of like check off a teaching box or a scholarship box or a service box. Like I'm not interested in sort of like checking off boxes. What I'm interested in doing is being an engaged person, both in my field, but also in the world. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's really important to sort of like demonstrating engagement. And so like, the, but the thing is that like what I'm interested in at this point in my career is just engaging in something which also which is necessary and vital right but in terms of like how it counts for yeah. the kind of work that we do here at carlton right i'm kind of not interested uh -huh. in how it counts right. right and so the point is that like um and for me that's actually that's something that's important to recognize like it's important to recognize that doing community engaged scholarship is yes scholarship right like like I said, there is a journal that will come out of this, out of this engagement, that uh, this relationship that I have with Sam, right? And it also contributes to my teaching. But the point is that, like, it is kind of all of these things at once. And also, it's a very important service, right? This is something that with the immense kind of, like, resources that we have available to us as faculty at Carleton, right? That we can do something that is really engaging, um, sort of, like, as, as a sort of, like, service component, right? Um, engaging in um, uh, uh, sort of uh, in neighborhoods and communities uh, that um, again, like like how should I put like that this is this is vital work that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, and and vital for our students to be part right. of that work. Exactly. Very much so. Yeah. Great. Okay. Thank you so much. Sure. Really? Happy to. 
There's a link to the Public Works grant website with information on all the projects it supported on our podcast website, which you can find among the tabs on the left-hand side of www.carlton.edu backwards slash humanities. There you can also discover more about all the programs supported by Carlton's Humanities Center. This podcast is a production of the Carlton Humanities Center and is edited by me, Clara Hardy, with original music by Will Hardy. Thanks, as always, to Austin Mason, Director of Digital Humanities at Carleton, and the Humanities Center Advisory Board for helpful suggestions and support. You can subscribe to Humanities Centered wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.